Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And he saw this figure like standing to the left side of the dumpster. This is the craziest story, guys. And as he's looking at this figure, he's like, what am I looking at? It can't be a Halloween costume because I can see muscles and stuff. What is this suit? What is he wearing? Is it a big ape suit? It sounds like a language, the way that you can hear them shouting back and forth and sort of talking. And, and there's, it's almost like they call it samurai chatter. Hello and welcome to another edition of Supernatural Station. I'm your host, Roman Daniels, and again joined with me is my secondary host, Jaron Daniels. What day is it today? It's Friday, TJIF. We've been waiting for this day. We can relax a little bit. Had a nice busy work week, but now it's time to unwind. Yay. I'm so happy. (laughs) Friday. So do you know what we're talking about today? It's one of my favorite subjects, to be honest. I am very excited for this. I've been wanting to talk about this ever since we started this dang podcast, and uh, here we are at the big supreme cryptid that is mean, mean fight machine. No, I don't know. He seems like he's pretty cool most of the time, but what is, who is it? Yeah, sometimes they describe him as the uh, the forest giant, the loving forest giant, right? The, uh, the watcher the of the forest. The hairy man, Bigfoot. So we're talking about probably one of the most famous cryptids that exists, and it's one of the most um, gripping topics. It's one of those topics that everybody's for the most part, is very into. And, you know, it's one of those weird mysteries that we're dealing with because there's so many sightings coming out, pretty much every state, every country. And so we know that there's something going on, but it's like, what is this thing? Yeah, if you look at like a map, a Google map that shows all the sightings here in the U.S., just in the U.S. alone. I know know there's Yeti and there's different ones in China and different things like that. I mean, it's all over the world. That's another thing to be aware of is that it's not just here. It's not just a phenomenon in the U.S. I know, and I feel like they always say it's like just a Pacific Northwest, you know, just the United States. It's like, no, not at all. It's, you know, you got the Yaren, like you said, in China, Yowie in Australia, and there's so many different names. And plus, every Native American culture that exists here in America pretty much has stories of the cannibal giants or the uh, forest giants that protect us or a lot of actually negative ones that are like hey stay away from these things they can't be trusted okay roman so because this is one of our favorite topics how about we just kind of describe what the usual sighting is of a bigfoot i mean let's just describe what they look like i mean to most people yeah i would say that the majority of what you see is um and and it does depend on region especially here in the united states you know if you're up here in the pacific northwest area if you're a little bit more north or you know, Utah, Colorado, the Arizona, the Rocky kind of area, yeah, California, you know, um, Washington, Oregon, those kind of areas. What you get is you get a, a, something that's much taller. You're getting somewhere between like six feet tall to 12 feet tall, you know, somewhere in that range. And I think the 12 feet tall, if you ever get those, it's probably a male, you know, like some, a big some dominant alpha. male. Yeah. yeah. Big beast. Yeah. But so you get, so up here you get these really tall things and, and, I think what people are describing is sort of like a, almost like a hybrid between some kind of an ape and some kind of a ancient human or some, some kind of hybrid there. But you get these, um, you know, descriptions of built like a fridge, built like a Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, muscles like crazy. You got this four feet, four foot shoulder to shoulder width, five feet sometimes, just massive. If you can imagine that. I mean, no neck, you get a no neck and a lot of this, like they don't have an actual protruded neck. It's more of like just big deltoids, you know, massive deltoids. Those are called, yeah. And then you get, I mean, I hit the gym every once in a while, but I ain't no dang Bigfoot. I mean, (laughs) these guys are crazy. They're so huge. They are built like athletes, like Roman was saying, built like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But the ones up here on the Pacific Northwest, they are so big, and they're usually a darker color. Yeah. Um, like Roman said, they're about four feet width. 
So just massive monsters. And I yeah, mean, I can't if imagine. If it's the males, you know, they always say that they're sort of like broad shoulders, tapered at the waist, um, just like a T-shape, kind of like a big bodybuilder, right? But if it's like, you know, we, we're going to talk about Patterson Gimlin, Patty, you know, as they say. We're going to dive into that pretty soon. But Patty was a female, um, and it was obvious just seeing her walk on the film because um, she has breasts and stuff like that. And she had the big females, old hips too. Yeah, the females are not as bodybuilder. They kind of look more, you know, they have just a little bit more meat on them as kind of the way it looks. And that's what a lot of these descriptions come out. You know, big black eyes. A lot of eyewitnesses say that they have just solid black, um, almost no whites in their eyes. Um, kind of like horse eyes is what they Which to say. me, every time I hear that, that really scares me. I'm like, I can't imagine walking through a forest and seeing this big creature that's already 9 to 12 feet tall. And I compare the height to somebody I see playing basketball at the time that I really like, Rudy Gobert, because we're jazz people here. Rudy Gobert's seven foot one. Which is nothing. And he looks massive. Okay, so take the 10-foot basketball hoop, right? The basketball hoop is 10 feet at standard. That's about how tall a Bigfoot would be. Now look at a basketball hoop. If Next time you're outside, go to a standard basketball hoop or if you're inside of a um, gym and just you envision can really envision. Yeah. Then see a four-foot wide shoulder length and huge chest. See them looking down at you with these horse eyes. I'm like, there is no way. I would just probably fall down, start peeing myself, and just let them take me, whatever they're going to do. Yeah, I would just, you lose all bodily function. I mean, the thing is just, so that's the thing. A lot of people say that, you know, humans are the biggest predator that's out there, and I just don't buy it. After this, after these stories that come out, I don't buy it. They're the biggest predator out there based off of history books right now with the government hiding this situation, whatever it might be. I mean, we don't know exactly what's going on here, but we definitely know something's going on. Exactly. And it's definitely predatorial. All right, so that just about covers kind of the description of what is usually seen in the Northwest. But what do you get, uh, like, down south? Down south, you get the, like, the Texas-style Bigfoot, right? Or the Oklahoma, Arkansas, that kind of thing. It's typically a slightly smaller version of a Bigfoot, but very, very aggressive. The one that you hear up north, the one we were just talking about... It tends to run away from you or it kind of challenges you quickly and then runs away. It just stays away from humans in most cases. But the Texas one or the Oklahoma, the, this one is a smaller version that has more red fur. It's a more reddish colored fur based on most of the sightings. Yeah. And the scary thing is it's longer fur and they have more aggressive nature. They come after you all the time. Yeah. And I just wonder if like that has something to do with uh, the type of animals that are out there, like maybe the ecosystem. I, I don't really understand. Or maybe it's just a DNA thing or something, but it's right. They they are very more, they remind me more of like Wolverine from Marvel, you know, like they have that rage mode. They're more mangy. More kind of like badgers and stuff where they just get aggressive instantly because they're a little smaller and maybe they have to do more to defend You, you know what it could have. be? It could be that they are going going against boar which are super aggressive they're going against all these things and they're dealing with heat and humidity and i know both of us around we have long hair for men we have longer hair than most it's almost shoulder length and you have to put your hair up everywhere you go if it gets hot at all you have to put your hair up so if they have longer hair than some of the stuff in the northwest they're probably just so aggressive because they're so bitter that they're so hot all the time it's just I don't know. Yeah, and it's like Florida too, the skunk ape, right? Um, it's it, and a lot of times the I think the smells. You know, there's this description of the smell with Bigfoot, which is sort of described as like a rotten meat, maybe a bo body odor kind of smell, a little bit of a skunk smell too, which is the name skunk ape and where that comes from. But I I think that maybe down south it's just so much hotter. You know, you're closer to the equator and stuff, and so you know you're sweating, especially if you have all that hair, like you're saying, you're sweating a lot more, and it, it just makes sense that there's going to be more of a body odor but there's another theory i've heard about the body odor which we should bring up i guess we should just cover it right now you read my mind but keep going okay so i heard one theory recently about uh and i forget what podcast it was on do you remember it was on the confessionals i think confessionals you should definitely check out the confessionals we're always about plugs if you want another really good paranormal podcast or supernatural podcast definitely check out tony's podcast tony merkel he's runs a great show over there but uh basically the, the one of the theories from one of the people he had on was talking about how he believes that it's the females that are putting out a smell to throw off predators so that they can protect their young something like that yeah right? i mean it's like such a strong smell that it kind of masks everything around so if you're trying to hide your scent and you are partly animal you, that's what they do right they use their scent for for a lot of their power with certain situations so that totally makes sense to me right and the description of the smell um a lot of time it's like almost like a wall where you basically can walk right into it and then it, it goes away kind of thing so it's almost like in one place and it, it doesn't dissipate it's just there you know which would make sense it's like they can kind of produce 
projected into a certain spot to they're spraying their own febreze if you will at right. one direction and throw that direction around. off of the kids so they can keep their kids uh, safe and healthy right well let me ask you this real real quick we've talked about the cell the scent we've talked about the texas and oklahoma down south type vibe what other Bigfoots have we talked about or heard of that are slightly different? I mean, different explanations, different... Well, before we go over there, I do want to say one thing about Oklahoma because you brought up Oklahoma. I would say that some of the biggest hot spots, especially in those areas, Oklahoma, you've got Kentucky, Arkansas, you know, the Falk Monster in Arkansas. But I want to bring up Oklahoma because um, they're one of the only governmental bodies that has introduced a bill recently, not too long ago, right about hunting Bigfoots and that there'd be a big reward. So what? Did you hear about that? No. Yeah, there was an actual... Congr- congressional leader out from Oklahoma that put a bill in for hunters that if they bring bodies in, they'll get some extra reward. So either there's a huge problem with them that they're willing to expose it now, or they see that people are starting to open up. I mean, look at the UFO thing that just got exposed and they're saying, yeah, these these things are real. They're not our government, blah, 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 which who knows what the purpose is behind that. But I mean, I think a lot of people are just opening up to this stuff. We kind of want to know where our history comes from. We're not as scared as, I guess not scared as, scared is not a right word, but we're not as naive. Uh, we we want to know. Right. We're exposing everything in the world right now. Yeah, no, I think I think there's a shift happening mentally that there people are getting to be more um, open. The openness is, is getting bigger. But yeah, as far as your question about back east, uh, one of the differences that you find about back east versus, let's say, Pacific Northwest area, Northwest area with Bigfoots, the Northwest area, uh, a lot of times they describe more of like a apish kind of look, right? They have more of the patty, like you've seen Patterson Gimlin, we're going to talk about that again. Very um, gorilla kind of looking a little bit more. I mean, you can see some human features, but more gorilla looking. Whereas in back east, like New York and those areas, you know, a little bit more back east, they have a Neanderthal type of uh, look, more more human, a lot more humanistic. They have more like human top hair. They have more human features in the face. They look more human. They act more human even. Like the way they move their arms around and stuff, it's a little bit more humanistic. It's There was a story of one guy that was a trucker that walked out on the highway and he could see something kind of like pushing something in the river and he was like what is that and he so he kind of looked at it a little bit longer nobody was on this road it was a smaller road um trucker type road and he saw this thing and it finally looked over at him after it was messing with this thing and it was it looked like it was a deer or something that it was washing in the river i think it was a goat a goat that it was yeah. washing in the river but when it looked at him it was just this like he's like i saw a human but not it was the scariest thing like it was, like an ancient human right with the 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 bigger brow, the big brow. Um, you know, more than the Neanderthal appearance, but you know, still tall, big. I mean, they're not, they're definitely not as big as the Northwest. And I think part of that is there's a, I forget what the law is called, but one of the, there's a scientific law of what makes animals bigger when you're, when you go more North and it has something to do with keeping body heat inside your body. So that's why you, you find bigger. It's because you're trying to spread that body heat into a bit larger Probably area. being able to outlast a meal longer too. Right. Yeah. So like that's why, you know, moose and elk and deer and, and pretty much every animal that exists is bigger up North. North, and that's oh, the yeah. reason for it. Kodiak bears are huge compared to the smaller bears down in like California. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, but I, uh, back east are still pretty big. I mean, you're still getting stories of seven, eight feet tall, you know, that kind of stuff. But they're ancient human looking where they, you know, have almost less body hair, less apish More slim. features, uh, slimmer. You also get the weird chimpanzee ones too that come back east that are, are described as almost like a, like a more skinny athletic build, kind of like Gobert, like you were talking about. More lanky, skinny, but very kind of um, chimpanzee looking features, which makes me wonder, are there different types? You know, are there different strains? Like, are there ones that are more, related to the ape and more, more others that are more related to the human strains i know? mean look at me and you Rome, we're twins right and being that we're twins we have a lot of same features we're identical twins which is even more strong than most fraternal twins with that situation but i mean even with us two being twins there's still a lot of differences like i'm a little bit heavier set i have a little bit more of my you know dad's features in some way you have more of mom's features in some way or vice versa and so if we compare that to like two parents having a baby and then and then so on and so forth of these bigfoots there could be a strain that grows based on hereditary situations in that area right and i've heard several stories especially ones that are more back east um where there was one on uh on west's show sasquatch chronicles where the guy that witnessed bigfoots um this was a crazy crazy show i forget the episode but he talked about how there was this younger female Sasquatch that he had witnessed and the way he described it is he said she was just beautiful beautiful specimen right looked more human uh, just the way her body was like her you know features and stuff he's like it almost looked like a Native American person like a very beautiful Native American person it's funny because a lot of these Native American stories for the hairy man for this these creatures they just call them people a lot of them call them the night people or they call them another tribe you know and so 
it makes me wonder, I feel like these ancient cultures have more knowledge than we do about a lot of things. And so they're trying to tell us something. Are they people? Maybe. Are they some kind of a tribe that's lost? Maybe. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. I mean, those natives, certain ones, especially on the east side, um, have said that they've traded periodically with these right like food and these sasquatch and said they were another tribe exactly so they trade with them which is i mean that's a huge respect at saying hey we're both different tribes and they believe that and how are they able to communicate that way so there's something there there's something there and i i don't think that they have our same language um we actually uh we'll play a few of ron moorhead's sounds so anybody who is not familiar with the with the um sierra sounds sierra sounds ron moorhead yeah so this is from the 70s and Ron Moorhead got these sounds. It sounds like a language, the way that you can hear them shouting back and forth and sort of talking. And, and there's, it's almost like they call it samurai chatter, you know, where kind of sounds like Japanese. It sounds or like Japanese, or they say Russian sometimes Russian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so you can tell there's a real language there. And a lot of, there was actually one, I forget the person's name, but there was a language. Uh, CIA FBI kind of guy who was a language dialect guy and he listened to these sounds he said yeah there's real language there you yeah, know he I can, can hear, hear those repeats he, yeah he could hear the repeats and and um, connections with certain linguistics like he follows that with any type of language right. even the languages of cultures that don't have a lot of human contact like maybe the tribes Some in Africa Amazon and stuff. ones and stuff too yeah. yeah so I mean this is crazy stuff yeah but so they don't it doesn't sound like they speak English but with the trading thing that you brought up I think there's a lot of mind speak that happens with these things and I, I think that's one of the things that science is trying to either hide or a lot of these Bigfoot investigators they they try to go away from some of the things they consider woo-woo you know weird things and we'll talk more about those too but one thing that I think happens a lot with a lot of these experiences is people have what they consider mind speak where it's like i i know it told me this or i know it said this to me but i didn't it didn't hear it with my ears it was like in my mind and so maybe that's how they communicated especially with these trade deals and stuff all right so the subject here gets us motivated gets us excited there's so much to uncover with bigfoot so you'll hear us do that a little bit where we just get into all the features and stuff and i know we were talking about that it's great but i wanted to get into a really cool story that i heard not story a really cool eyewitness account that happened to me uh not to me directly but a coworker of mine his name was brent and he doesn't mind me telling this he says i'll tell it to anyone that asks me i shout it to the rooftops because i'm not ashamed of it and he was never the guy that believed in bigfoot before this by the way so he said it was the craziest thing that ever happened to him but it was so intriguing and now he started listening to sasquatch chronicles and different things after that just to get an idea of what he saw very similar to a lot of encounters right but what happened is he was basically getting ready for a thanksgiving dinner with his wife's family um this is here in utah so there's definitely some sightings here in utah you can look up some videos online too of different sightings that are really pretty credible i think but um he was over in like by the way this was provo canyon right so yeah it's actually the same area where a lot of these videos are actually coming out of utah there must be a big population in that area yeah and brent said he grew up in that area growing up and he used to go hiking up Provo Canyon, and there's a spot that you get up towards Timpanogos Cave that's called Ape Canyon, believe it or not. So they call it Ape Canyon from an old story that there used to be apes up there. And so, hey, there you go. There's a little link right there. But um, he was hanging out with his kids. Uh, I know he had like a two-year-old at the time. I think it was a six-year-old and like a 12-year-old. And they were waiting for Thanksgiving dinner. He doesn't really get along with his wife's parents super well. So he was just like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go have some fun while I take the kids, go to the park while you guys are cooking and things like that. So when he did that, they drove up. It's in the winter, right? It's already snowy a little bit. There's some snow on the hills and snow on the mountainside and stuff like that. We get a lot of snow in Utah. So he gets up to that park. It's called um, Rock Canyon Park. If ever you guys want to go check it out and kind of cross-reference the story 
go definitely go for it. I mean, I I did it myself when he told me this story. So he goes over there. It's around November seventeenth. By the way, I will say, uh, Jaron and I both went up there, and when we did go up there, it was actually a beautiful spot. We actually encountered two uh, large bighorn sheep that were oh, uh, yes. literally just up a uh, up a trail that we were hiking, and we come around a corner and they're right there. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. It's wild, you know, and that's a food source for these things. And there is signs in that canyon that I've never seen before. We live in Utah. We go hiking all the time and no other canyon says this but it says do not enter preserving native habitat or something like that right, yeah and i'm like what does that mean so i'm like are they hiding something here and they just don't want people to enter certain parts of this canyon because of that it definitely feels more wild if that makes sense but basically we're you know brent my coworker, was with his family it was like november 23rd they're just hanging out it's a winter day and it was like around 3 30 4 o'clock so they go to the park p.m and um the park has a lot of high or college students from BYU that hang out there. And so they were sledding down this, or ice blocking is what you call it, down this hill. And so as they were ice blocking down this hill, Brent and his family, his kids were watching it and having a good time. And they were hanging out at the park. And as they were doing that, they lost track of time. And his wife called them and it was probably like almost 6.30 at night. And she's like, where are you guys? It's dinner. What's going on? He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, honey. I'll be there real quick. By the way, you said this was Thanksgiving, right? It was close to Thanksgiving. Okay, it was like so the 23rd. It's about the same time as what we're dealing with right now. Exactly. What the heck? I didn't yeah, even think about kind that. Of the synchronicity there. So I just wanted to put that out there. And it's this was cool. probably like 2014, by the way. So it's been a little bit. 2015, not too long, I guess. But he, so he tells his wife, okay, well, I'll get the kids back. We'll we'll go over there. We're excited to eat, whatever. And so as he's getting his kids ready, and the kid, the the college kids are still ice blocking and having fun, and it's not completely dark yet. It was almost like. There was some street lights, and then there was like a little bit of light from the sunset. So he's walking over to his car, not too far from that hill where they're ice blocking. And as he gets his two-year-old in the back seat, which is directly behind his driver's seat, he shuts the door. And when he shuts the door, the other kids are in the car already. When he shuts the door, he you know steps up, looks out, and when he looks out, he just kind of right where his eyes meet, where he's looking, there's a dumpster, like a big green dumpster, and he saw this figure like standing to the left side of the dumpster this is the craziest story guys and as he's looking at this figure he's like what am i looking at and he and he could see it really clear it was probably 20 feet from him and he's like what the heck is this thing and as he's looking at it he says that must be like a guy in a halloween costume and it hasn't been too far from halloween but why is some guy wearing a halloween costume why is he hiding by a dumpster right isn't that weird so then he's like what is this? And he's like, it looks like a geek. He, he's, he describes it like a geek. It looks like a geek that's watching these ice blockers and he can't go have fun with them. So he's like hiding out watching them. And as he's looking at this guy. It's weird that he said that. I wonder, like, it's, I like those things that these eyewitnesses say that are strange. Like, they'll say, you know, it looked like a cartoon character come to life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, where it's very cartoony or, or it looks like, you said, like a geek. Well, like, the reason what does he that said mean it exactly, looks like a geek know? is he's like, I just got this feeling like he's alone or he's by himself. And then he said also, like, his movements were super weird. And I'll describe that in just a sec. But it, um, this, this being, this creature, he's like, it can't be a Halloween costume because I can see muscles and stuff. What is this suit? What is he wearing? Is it a big ape suit? And as he's looking at it, he's like, no, there's muscles and everything. This, this body is huge. He's like, it has to be two people standing side to side in the same suit, moving it simultaneously. Like that was the weirdest thing to wow. him. Wow. Yeah. With just one head popping out. And he's like, this is not a suit. And he started getting a little bit weirded out. Um, as he's still looking at this creature, he says it's moving from left to right and like bobbing up and down, looking at these ice blocking kids going down the, going down the hill. So he's basically watching these kids, which is terrifying in itself to me. And as he's watching them, he's like, it's moving like a cartoon character. Like you said, Roman, it's moving so fast. You hear that a lot. If you've ever sped up a video to 1.5 speed, that's what this thing is doing. It's moving like that, like super quick up and down, bob and weave, bob and weave. And the reason it's bobbing is it's trying to see a better vantage point of these kids going down this hill. But it's crouched down and it's kind of like looking at them, right? And so as he's seeing all this and he's like, what am I looking at? This creature looks at him. And when it looks at him, he said... It had the same thing, black eyes that looked humanish, but black, big body. He said, same thing, about four feet wide from, from shoulder to shoulder, which Built is like a huge. Yeah. yeah, he's like, this thing was the most athletic thing I've ever seen. He's like, but the funniest thing that kind of, he's like, I actually laughed out loud just a little bit because <laughs> I still didn't know what I was looking at. And he said, I was laughing because there was like this bald head at the top with a little mullet. He's like, that was the funniest part is that these creatures don't have the same hair all the time. It's almost like that. he said this was an older Bigfoot. Because you could see that it was losing its hair at the time. It's like it lost, yeah, lost its hair on the top. But, you know, when a lot of these, like, human people, right, us, we we lose our hair, a lot of us men. And a lot of times you lose it on the top, but the back still kind of grows. Yeah. And if you don't have a haircutter, you know, you're going to grow it out like a mullet in the back. So he was was BYU business in the front and partying in the back. (laughs) 
in the back was the mountainside, so who knows what's going on back there. But no, he was basically just like, he kind of laughed to himself. And then he's like, wait, why am I laughing? This thing's looking right at me. And he got really scared like he's again. He's danger at this point. And yeah. he said he felt the mind speak that Roman's saying. He felt this thing say, I see you. Because the, the thing was looking at him like this. It was looking, and I know you can't see me in this in this audio, but it was looking at him like, I see you. I know you're there. No big thing. Just don't worry about me and I won't worry about you. It was kind of like, do your thing. I'm not going to attack you, but don't get closer kind of thing. You and I have an understanding. It was that sort of thing. It was like, I see you there. I see you got your family. I'm, there ain't no problem here. But then it was weird because when Brent kept looking at this creature, it like looked at him one more time because he wasn't moving too quick. And it just took one big step, stood up, took one big step and went to the other side of the dumpster. It was one, just one step. And it was so fluid. And when he stood up, he said, I kid you not, Jaron. He's like, I kid you not. This Bigfoot, when it stood up on its feet, was eight to nine feet tall, at least. Wow. He said it's abdomen like it's where its belly button should be he's like i could see a full chest like it was a man because you could tell it had like the athletic man chest and the man abs and stuff it was really athletic for its age and he said but the shoulders were huge he's like it was it was literally if you look at that dumpster if you guys go see that dumpster that dumpster by the way yeah that dumpster is like six feet at the top so and if, if you could see its belly button i would almost say that thing's 10 and a half feet tall i know and it took one step and dipped down on the other side of the dumpster. Almost like, I don't want you to watch me anymore. I'm just going to hide on this other side. But it didn't run away. It kept watching these kids. Isn't that the weirdest thing? It's so strange. But, you know, a lot of encounters are like that. Like, you you know, there'll be kids that are like, oh, I see these beings outside my window. And, you know, it's because they have their TV on. And, like, all of a sudden there's this creature, like, watching through the window at the TV. It's like, these things don't have a lot of entertainment or something. And it's like anything that, that we are doing they might find fascinating, like the ice block thing. I mean, if you think about it, if you didn't know what we're doing, that looks, in- it looks interesting. Fun. It looks weird, you know? It's like, oh, well, you can tell it's ice. It's like, wow, this is crazy. And then maybe that, you know what's funny about it is maybe that thing will go to its family and be like, hey, I learned something fun that we can do. <laughs> let's get some ice and let's go down a hill, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's it's really interesting. I it's guarantee like- he like grabbed one of the younger Bigfoot and just kind of hucked him off a cliff, like off a hill and <laughs> said, you'll be fine. <laughs> so scary. But um. You guys, it was it was a crazy experience, and he's he does not deny one ounce of it. And he said, when I when I saw that thing, I just got in the car after that. After we had that understanding that he spoke into my mind, he's like, I don't want to say he spoke it into my mind, but I could just tell he was saying that. And when I got in the car, I just drove away, and he was just still there. I could have stayed and tried to get a picture, but I just didn't want to push it. He said, you know what I wonder too, like people that are well versed in, like let's say hunters, people that are really good with the woods and stuff. There's a certain thing that animals do that they use body language a lot for everything, right? And I wonder if a lot of this mind speak stuff may not actually be mind speak, but it's all it's a body language thing. Like maybe they're experts at body language, like where it's like he thought that that's what the thing was saying because of the way the thing was holding its body. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think when you're in a survival situation in the woods, you have to, for an example, if you see a bear... You can't look at it in the eyes. If you do, that's a challenge to the bear, right? And so the, you, a lot of what you do with your body matters, and it's because animals don't speak to each other, right? They're not using words like we do. And so I just wonder if maybe we understand that as mind speak, but and maybe it is mind speak, but what if it's just a, a higher level of a body language, you know? Yeah, it's like those videos I watch on YouTube all the time. Don't don't hate on me, guys. I mean, this is just something I like to do sometimes, but I watch those videos about charisma on command and stuff, and one of them was body language and how your body language relates to other people like if you're trying to get a date or if you're trying to have an influence at your job there is stuff you can do that make you seem more likable or more unlikable they say body language is like 65 percent of interaction it's huge it's like more than half 65 percent interaction and Mm -hmm. then you meet them and then the first two minutes they judge you but wow that's a really crazy story i was like when i because you told me that a while back and i was like well you got we got to tell this on the podcast because it's such a an interesting story plus it comes from a credible source do you remember what color the creature was like yeah. did he say it all yep so rock canyon this is the craziest part too real quick so rock canyon has these big gray rocks on the side of the mountain they're like dark gray which these is the rocky mountains it's very rocky so a lot of the exposed nature there is rock yeah so it's, it's big protruded rocks and then there's trees and stuff and it's really beautiful you guys i mean utah's gorgeous but uh gray rocks right and the way he described this Bigfoot would hide so perfect right here. It would hide with those bighorn sheep that we stumbled upon because they had the same color too. Right. But basically, he had a gray chest, dark gray, to match those rocks. Then his upper shoulders, arms, down to his legs, and everything else was like almost black. It was so dark brown that it almost looked black. But he said it was dark brown. I got to say it was dark brown, but it almost looked black. And then he said the eyes were like horse eyes with just a little bit of white on the sides, like 
so it looked cartoonish. I think that's where the cartoonish thing comes yeah, from. Yeah, it must be. Because it's big dilated eyes. It's like googly eyes. eyes, almost yeah. like little puppet type thing. Yeah. yeah. Strange. Like cartoon cat or something. Yeah. And so he has that, and then he has the, he said, it, it wasn't an ape nose. He said he had a human nose. They always say it's hooded like a human. Yeah, um, so it was hooded, hooded and he said it was means, as but... wide. He's like, imagine like somebody, he was trying to describe somebody, and there's not a lot of people you can describe that look like that, but... It's like double the size of our um, shaft of our nose, and then it's just it just drops, so it doesn't look like an ape. Just too... you, you don't see the exposed nostrils like crazy. It's yeah. more it's more of like a real nose, right? Yep. And then Not it had just a... like a gorilla. Yeah. And yeah. then I, I asked him because we do a lot of research. I'm like, what did the mouth look like? He said the mouth went from like almost ear to ear, and it was it was closed. He wasn't smiling. He wasn't doing anything specific. He was just looking at him, but it was just a slit. So I've heard slit. I've heard these stories, and this comes up time and time again. It's the it's the slit that goes from ear to ear, like he's saying, where it's there's not a lot of lip that you can see. And there's been eyewitness accounts that I've heard where they they can put a whole entire apple in their mouth like nothing and chew it up like a huge apple or like even a grapefruit, you know, like where it's like these these are big jaws, big wide open mouth, like almost like a puppet. It's really Yeah, imagine like, you know how hippos can just crush a watermelon with just one bite? Just like that. Yeah. It's something like that. Yep. But that's the thing. I mean, dark, dark fur, gray skin to match the mountainside you could hide up there and when people say how does something that's nine foot tall hide in those mountains good question i wonder the same thing but those colors definitely give them a huge advantage yeah and if they're the best hiders in the world which they are you know well, look i mean it was only him that supposedly saw the thing i mean maybe somebody else saw it but who knows like i mean that thing was huge and it was if it was 10 feet tall it was behind that dumpster it's just amazing that he was the only one that saw it and it seemed very nonchalant like it didn't right. care if anybody saw him so you know I don't I, think anybody else saw him, to be honest. You know what I find so awesome about that encounter is I think the I just love the balded head with the with the, with the <laughs> mullet, mullet in the back. It's just funny, yeah. It's just, it is funny. I would laugh a little bit too, but it's so realistic though. Like those are features. So those are the things with these kind of encounters that I really like to pay attention to. Is like, you know, anybody that's pulling your leg could say, "Oh, it looked like a, a gorilla or somebody in an ape suit." They don't give you these kind of details where it's like it was gray in color. It had like the weird mullet thing. That's not something you just come up with in your head. So and being that we're that's like, incredible. yeah, being that we're the research, the people we are, you know, especially with this podcast and stuff. I asked him another time. It was like two and a half, three weeks later to kind of describe it again. It was word for word exactly the same. So he he has never changed his story. It's amazing. Hey, we're gonna take a quick little break. We'll be right back. back i did want to say a couple more things about behavior that's really strange that you hear time and time again one of the things with these things these creatures is uh, a lot of people will see them swaying back and forth right like they'll they'll be like yeah this thing was looking at me and you know it's almost like it was trying to assess the situation but what it was doing is it's swaying back and forth right which is weird because you talk to experts like jane goodall right on especially ape behavior they do that apes when they're uncomfortable um, when they're nervous of a situation, they'll sway back they and forth. Just move back and forth. So it makes me side wonder, side, right? Yeah. So it makes me think that there is some ape nature to these things that they might be related to apes in some way. But there's so much more to it that it's like I don't know if they're apes, right? But they do the swaying, and then there's another thing that you hear time and time again, which is the grinning face. Ooh. Um, and where you can see full teeth, right? One thing with animals is it's actually a sign of aggression if you show teeth. And that's exactly what apes do. Yeah, us as humans um, were Goodall. sitting there smiling at people, and that means it's a nice thing. Like, hey, nice to meet you. Wave, smile. Right. Don't do that to animals. It's an especially opposite apes. effect. Yeah, especially. Um, so Jane Goodall, when she was studying the apes and stuff, one thing she learned pretty quick is you don't smile. Smile is like a. It's like a threat. You know, it's like because you're showing a your challenge. Teeth. Yeah, exactly. It's like a war thing. It's like, hey, look, I have these sharp teeth. So, but a lot of people will see them swaying with their teeth showing, smile, which means they're either uncomfortable, stressed out, or they're going to fight. Just a real quick um, story that happened. It was, I think, again, Sasquatch Chronicles. It'll be super quick here, but the dude was hiding in a tree blind up on like a 10 foot tree blind or something. And it was winter season, and this Bigfoot comes out of nowhere. And this is super quick, okay? But a, a male Bigfoot comes out of nowhere, sits down on the grass. Oh, I and remember he's like, this one. He's messing with something, and this hunter tries to get its attention. He's like, "What am I looking at?" So he tries to get its attention, and the Bigfoot looks over, but he because he makes a sound, the hunter does, and the Bigfoot looks over and he can't find him, which is the weirdest thing because I've never heard this 
except for this story that somebody hid from Bigfoot for once in of all existence. I feel like a human hid from a Bigfoot. The Bigfoot was looking for him, couldn't find him, but he finally found him after the second knock that the dude did. And when he saw him, when the actual Bigfoot saw this guy in the tree, he smiled. He did the big smile yeah. and this way. It's the same thing. It's like, I'm nervous you're here. I'll fight you if you get closer. Right. What are you doing in my spot? You know, maybe he knew that he was hunting and that's like his hunting ground. Something weird, you know. But I will say the mass, the vast majority of these kind of eyewitness accounts um, end with, I mean, obviously we're getting the accounts. So the people are fine. They don't die, right? Vast majority. You know, a lot of these encounters happen where it's like they see him from a car um, on the road and they just walk by kind of like you'd see a deer walk by, you know, on the side of the road or something. So those are the kind of encounters you want. Um, but there are the missing 411 questions coming on. Uh, so you don't know if these things are killing humans and taking them when they, you know, as a there's certain animals that eat based on what's easy, you know. Yeah. And so like if there's like a scavenger, right, like a scavenger, if there's like a human who is like a, a small, like this is sad, a small child mm-hmm. or somebody who you know isn't really able they'll they'll pick those ones out of the crew and take them out you know and then, it, that's what happens with 411 a lot of times but i will say that a lot of the missing 411 cases if it is a child a lot of the time it's found healthy happy true and when it is found it says the bear took care of me yeah you, what the, is up with that a bear that took story care of me time and time again the, the bear or whatever it is you know the hairy and it's creature. like a two-year-old kid that couldn't have crossed a couple barbed wire fences a couple big swampy lands and yet they did, and they look unscathed, and they say a bear carried me and took care of me. Like, what is up with that? Which I think is pretty interesting about these things. I mean, they're obviously way more intelligent than I think we we tend to think sometimes, because it seems like they're living in sort of a you know kind of a an old school way where like, they don't have a lot of technology and they're not you know they're very primitive kind of way. Yep. But they, you can tell they're very smart because of the way that they treat you know kids sometimes and hey, stuff. It's after like this world and how this world is, I wouldn't mind living that way. Exactly. Look at how crazy this civilized world is. All right. Well, I think it's time to dive into one more uh, really well-known story. Some of you may have heard this story. Some of you may not have heard this story. Part of the reason we want to cover it is because it's, you know, there's a lot of things about this story that I find amazing, incredible. So we'll just kind of dive into it. But this happened on February 15th of 1982. So, you know, a little while ago, but not too long ago. And the thing about these stories is they continue to happen pretty much every day. There's sightings. But... This is one of the ones that was more famous, and there's a couple reasons why. There was a officer, police officer, in his patrol car, and he was with his partner. And basically, they his name's Dan Gordon, and he was on online and just basically, you know, told his story and kind of became famous for it. Sadly, he's gone by now. He he passed away recently, but basically, what happened was he was driving down a road with his partner, and they came around a corner from left to right. There was this creature standing in the middle of the road. They were on Route 22 in Whitehall, New York. And they came around the corner and there was this creature standing in the front of the road and it took two steps and walked over the guardrail. You know, obviously caught them off guard because it was something that they would never forget, something they've never seen before. Basically, the officer, Dan Gordon, he looked at his partner and he said, that was a bear, wasn't it? And his partner looked at him and he said, you and I both know that wasn't no bear. And so basically he pulled the car over, screeched to a stop, uh, pulled out his gun, made sure he was armed, got out of the car, started walking down where the side of the road was and started kind of looking where the thing went. And he could hear the brush moving, you know, the creature walking through the brush and didn't see it anymore, but could kind of hear it retreating from him and kind of leaving the scene. The thing that I love about this story, I know it sounds pretty simple, but the thing that's so cool about the story is it's a police officer going on record, right? These people are trained, so not only just one officer, but two officers together, both on the scene and said the exact same story. And these people are trained in the art of, you know, observation. You know, that's oh, what yeah. police officers are meant to do. I They're mean, like the ultimate body language readers, the ultimate people readers. They can look at something, and I know people say it's profiling, which some of it could be, but... I mean, it's one of those things where they're they're trained to do this. They know when a danger is coming. They know when somebody's looking a certain way. So they know that's not a dang bear. Come right. on. Uh, and they don't know. They're, one of the things is like with when a police officer comes in contact with anybody in any situation, that's what they're already starting to do. They're starting to read it. It's like, hey, is this person showing signs of lying? Is this person trying to hide something? Yep. That's what they're meant to do. So if they're looking at something like that was not a bear, you know, you know, not, you know damn well that wasn't a bear. And you know they're trained that way so that they can be safe and they can live another day. I mean, they're trained to protect themselves and others around them in the neighborhood right so if they see something that's a threat they they have to size it up right away and i mean this guy i think 
Uh, he might have been retired when he gave the story out online, but I don't think he was, was he? He was by the time he actually gave the story, he was retired. Which I think makes he was sense. worried about ridicule and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can't lose your job over this in most cases, especially if you've been doing it 30-something years or whatever it might be. So Yeah, but one of the most famous Monster Quest um, episodes was this episode, and they actually interviewed him. So if you want to look that up, it's on YouTube. You can watch the whole, the whole episode there. But yeah, and then there's this other guy called Bill Brand who is a Sasquatch researcher. He's been doing it for like 30-plus years, and he's in that same area, Whitehall. And basically, New York, huh? yeah, and he, you know, he said it's such an important area because, you know, one of the cool things about it, is, you know, it's it's wilderness that goes all the way back to the Canadian border. So it's just a vast ecology of Bigfoot territory uh, in his mind. And so he's like, I feel like this area needs to be studied more. And the thing is, there's every month there's like two to three really big sightings that come out of that area. So it's not it's it's kind of like a Pacific Northwest of of New York. Yeah, it's like you'd be surprised when you hear that, right? New York, you think New York is just that big city, Manhattan, Brooklyn. Right. Just like you hear Utah, you think, oh, it's just LDS people. It's just the Great Salt Lake and a bunch of prairie land or something. Um, There really is a lot of different stuff out there. I mean, even Michigan, right? Michigan is, if you go east again, close to the Canada stuff and the lakes up there, it's gorgeous mountainscape and there's so many sightings up there as well. So you just never know. I mean, it's, I think that's so cool that there's sightings everywhere. Yeah, and I think that those kind of stories are some of the most credible when they come from... Not that everyone's not credible, because in my mind, everybody's credible, right? Anybody who can come to me with a story and says, hey, this is what happened to me, I'll believe them, and I think everyone's credible, but... I think the the skeptic out there is going to be like, hey, if it's coming from a police officer or a doctor or uh, you know scientist, those kind of people, they'll definitely be like, more credible. It just yeah, it just somehow skyrockets it and puts puts it on a different level. Well, because they're know? putting their life on the line to even say it, you know. Right. One thing I can say, or I guess let's just be on the real, real here. I have a question to ask you, Rome. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that Bigfoot are caught on the outskirts? Like that interview I had with Brett, Brent, my coworker. I mean, it's on the outskirts of society and they're watching society from the outside. I wonder if there's like some kind of contract or something like that that they had with the government. It makes me wonder, why don't they come into the city and wreck havoc? They could. They could come in, steal your girl. (laughs) <laughs> take some money and take your car and just drive off and you know what well, i know there's been stories like that i think that they do come um around they're they're much more night people than we are i'm sure they're out during the day because we've had a lot of uh, sightings videos all that kind of stuff right at, during the day but i think primarily they're out at nighttime and you know i bet you anything if you're somewhat close to a mountain or somewhat close to a vast uh forest area if you walked out at three in the morning i bet you anything you could be in their territory they could be walking around so i don't know i don't know if there's a contract I just think that one thing that I think is very strange is that they, so a lot of eyewitnesses when they encounter them will say that they got this mind speak idea and the mind speak was like, oh, you foolish human, you shouldn't have seen me. They get mm-hmm. that vibe, you know, where it's like, it's like, damn, I'm caught. Damn, I got caught. You shouldn't have seen me. And like, you're, you're lower than me, lower right, than now exactly. in some way. And so I don't understand what that's all about. There's some reason that they're not wanting to be associated with us. And I, I know that we can be destructive and stuff as a race, but I don't, I really don't think it's that. I think there's more to it. I mean, they they probably could just be looking at the things that we do, you know, the warmongering, the against each other. Maybe different Bigfoots really aren't against each other. And so when they see humans going against each other as nations and stuff, maybe there's some there's some question marks like, can we trust this group at all, period, you know, well, if they're the same point. race. Think about this. Think if they were the, let's say they're with our ancient cultures, right? The old original Native American cultures and stuff. Let's say they lived harmoniously together all of a sudden they start seeing these advancements happening super quickly right like all of a sudden we're getting guns and all of a sudden we're getting um it's the sword first and all these sword and we're slashing into each other we're getting guns and everything happens so quickly i mean think about how fast it's happened in our lifetimes all the things that have come up maybe that's why they're scared yeah it's like wow there's a lot of changes that have happened and dangerous changes and a lot of it's just fought over coin right they probably see that we're just fighting over a piece of gold or a piece of land and i don't think they're jiving on that you know I I, I think that could be part of it, that they're just like, man, this group is just not... We just can't be associated, guys, because our kids need to learn the ways of the culture, and they need to do this <laughs> yeah. and do it this way, and they can't be associated. I, I bet you the kids, it seems like the young kid, Bigfoots, wow, I can't speak, they tend to really... Um, get intrigued by humans so they come closer to us than most of the older ones from what i've heard yeah i think a lot of times a lot of these experiences that people have is with juveniles because they're a lot more curious um i think that it's rare that you run into a wise bigfoot like an old one you know sort of an elder because the elders are are a lot more cautious so but yeah i think i think that's the case I mean, sure. Brent's story that I told you guys with the mulleted Bigfoot, he's probably an older Bigfoot, and that's why he's like, eh, I see you. Just leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. Let's just be chill. Right. That that whole experience made me wonder if that's happened before, where it's like, 
He's, you know, I've seen humans before. You guys don't seen hurt humans me. I don't hurt the you. Sixties or something like that, and just been dealing with it. You know. Yeah, but he also seems like a rogue Bigfoot. So, um, what's his name? Tom Seawood from up north, Canada. Oh um, yeah, he's one of the First Nations people. Yeah, he's really cool. You should look him up. He's on Facebook and stuff. He's he's one of my favorite guys when it comes to the Bigfoot scene. Uh, there's certain things that I disagree with him on, but at the same time, he's just he, there's he's got so much knowledge, and a lot of it comes from his First Nations background and stuff. But one of the things he brings up is he talks about rogue. Sasquatches, you know, and how there are those that go rogue, that, you know, want to go away from the tribe, and, and those are the ones that you have to watch out for. There's something wrong with them. They're they're angry. It's it's like rogue wolves, you know? It's like the it's like the black sheep uncle in your family. Like, there really is that, even in American, in, in culture in general, in human culture. Yeah. We have these people that go rogue, right? There's people in government that go rogue. There's people in society that go rogue. There's any, and it's not always just a mental case. It's like, look, I'm sick of this. They I'm just out. reach their breaking point. Yeah, type of thing. Yeah. So those think, are that's dangerous. I think know? that's one of those things that a lot of Bigfoot have in common with humans, and I think there is some kind of human tie because they do act a lot like us a lot of the time in, in certain instances like that. Yeah. Like I don't want to see people. I'm good. I'm gonna do my own thing, and I'm gonna wreak havoc while I do it because I hate society and I hate people or whatever. Right. Right. So and I, you know, I don't even think they're that territorial. I think what they are is that one thing that comes up a lot is fishermen and bow hunters. So bow hunters see a lot of things because they're they're moving like the animals because they have to be quiet and stuff like that. So because they're moving like the animals, they cut they catch Bigfoot off guard. Fishermen is sort of I think fish is easy pickings for Bigfoot and it's a good food source. And so if there's a fisherman there, I think that it causes problems. I think fish uh, the fishermen get in trouble. They could be in trouble. Yeah, I think that they know? see them as a threat. They're yeah. kind of like oh you're taking my food source. Exactly the easy. I kind. can't have you doing that because right. that's the only way I survive out here in the midwinter. Yeah, the bleak midwinter. Is a Peaky Blinders line, by the way. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, like that's the thing, right? And the the bow hunters make a lot of sense because a lot of the time they're hiding in this big brush, right? And they're very quiet. They're doing the fluid they, movement, like they, they move do. like the animals. Yeah. They move into the to the animal trails, not the human trails. Whereas gun hunters, they come in on a big ATV, they pull out their gun, they get up on a blind, so animals all know where they're at already. Right. Especially if you're Bigfoot, where you're thinking free free thinking like humans do, maybe. Yep. Um. So it, it's crazy to see that, but. Yeah, and um, you know we have something prepared where there's several interviews that we're going to cover. They're actually video interviews. We're going to just play on here from several people from Kentucky. Kentucky is sort of this weird paranormal hotspot, um, especially when it comes to Bigfoot. And if anybody's ever watched Hellier, the TV show, it was on Amazon, I believe. I loved it. Yeah, Greg Newkirk and his crew and stuff. They they did this this experimentation that was pretty like uh, innovative in my mind when it came to paranormal stuff. They were kind of trying to tie it all together, and that was pretty cool. But, but they were doing Kentucky. And there's but something think about, about it. Kentucky. There, there's something about Kentucky. Sorry to cut you off, Ron. Yeah, no problem. But also, what you're saying is like it's innovative because we're, we're aren't we coming to the same conclusion? Yeah. That all of this is connected. Yes. Alien situations, Bigfoot situations, you know, the rake stories, the different, um, uh, what is it called? Skinwalker Ranch stuff. Everything's kind of connecting, right? Right. Like, why would a UFO show up at Skinwalker Ranch when it's supposed to be Skinwalker? Right. It's like the last thing we talked about in our last episode parallel universes, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it's tying. Every time we have, every time we come up with the story there's more questions to it. every time you research it there's more questions because it's tying into some big alternate something that we don't know a lot about yet it's yeah. kind of crazy exactly so we just want to show you guys uh, we're just going to play some of the audio basically where this all comes from there's a, a tiktok account that we're going to go ahead and play and if you want to go ahead and follow this uh, TikTok account, it's called Kentucky underscore Bigfoot underscore LLC. Just look that up. You'll see all these really great interviews with people who have had Bigfoot encounters. And we're just going to play a couple of them because they're, they're pretty cool. They're pretty credible and they're just interesting. So we just want to kind of end this show with, you know, some personal encounters. Get the show on the road. All right, so this first one we're going to play is Lyle Blackburn's encounter. Um, he's very, everybody knows who his name. He's very uh, credible in the field. He's written several books and stuff, so I definitely look his name up. But this what is was his, it, Wild Hatburn? Lyle Blackburn. One of the more memorable and spooky encounters I had was several years ago in the Mercer Bayou area near Falk, Arkansas, home of the legend of Boggy Creek. And myself and a research partner were out there paddling around in the swamp around midnight, which is what we often do, when we heard an eerie howl come over the top of the woods. And we heard this howl about three times, and then it went dead silent. In fact, everything went silent. So eventually we paddled back down the bayou channel to where our tent was. We were camped on this little hill because you've got to camp up because there's alligators in this portion of the bayou. 
And so no sooner had we got our canoe out of the water and got up on that hill, now we hear this howl coming from right down where the canoe was. And it was just this kind of eerie growl, howl thing. And by now we knew, you know, it definitely wasn't coyotes. This wasn't a bear. It wasn't a bird. It wasn't even a weird noise made by a fox or some of the other animals that would be indigenous to this area. And so, you know, your heart races. The hair on the back of your neck stands up. And so I grabbed the flashlight and just sort of ran down this hill and was trying to, you know, get a look at whatever this thing was that presumably had just followed us down the bayou, traveling the creeks, following us. And that's what gave us this really eerie feeling. And then when I got to the bottom of the hill, I couldn't quite see it, but whatever it was, just darted off into the woods and then howled again about 25 or 30, 30 yards away. And, uh, you know, it was the rush, the adrenaline of thinking, man, we were this close, you know, this thing was following us, and perhaps we were this close to getting a good view of the foul monster. Wow, that's an awesome encounter. I think that Legend of Boggy Creek thing, if you guys want to look it up, it's a pretty interesting storyline um, in the Bigfoot community. It's another staple. You know, the Falk, it happened at Falk, Arkansas, and they call it the Falk Monster, and it was just, it was Bigfoot, basically, the creature. It's funny, our brother lives in Arkansas, and we need to just hit it up. I, I really want to go see... It's a hot spot. I mean, it's mountainous, it's beautiful, there's like Buffalo River, looks gorgeous. They're near the Ozarks, so it's, you know, that's a vast area, you know. Jason Bateman's over there, cleaning money. Yeah, lots of Bigfoot habitat, you know, food and ecology and stuff for him, so. We also have another awesome encounter of a man that had a really close encounter with Bigfoot, also in Kentucky, so here's this one as well. Weekend of this year, and uh, I was sitting on the back porch of my brother-in-law's house, drinking a cup of coffee, and... uh, off about 60 yards off to my left, uh, something stepped out of the woods, and I just glanced over at it, and uh, it took two more steps, uh, little quicker steps, and uh, the na- it was about 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, right about, but the neighbors had all their lights on, security lights on, so you could see, see it. Uh, it was reddish brown. It was every bit of eight foot, if not, if not taller, because the grass was probably about three and a half, roughly about three and a half feet tall, and his hips were both right to the top of the, the grass. And then it took off at a dead run, and it covered about 100, 180 80 yards. It covered it in about five seconds. You could see the hair on the arms, hanging down. Uh, They're about six inches long. Uh, it was when it was running. It was fluid. It was like on, like it was standing on a railroad track, and somebody was just jerking it across both yards as fast as they could. I, I just, what scared me was how fast he moved. I mean, yes, the size. It wasn't bulky like some of these uh, stories uh, talk about. He was he was more he was built like a athlete, not like a bodybuilder. But he was incredibly big, though, uh, in proportion to his size. The uh, what scared me the most was I mean I just sat there on the porch in shock. I couldn't even move. So what's interesting about that, you guys, the things that I caught out of this whole experience, just looking at his video, too. If you guys look at the TikTok, you'll see. But he has real fear in his eyes. When he's re-explaining yeah, this, he you can tell it's it's legit. Yep. Um, but also, dude, the Bigfoot was running in that three feet, four feet grass. I know why he was running. There's chiggers in that grass, dude. You're getting bit up like a storm. You better get out of there. That, that's why the Bigfoot was running. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, it always shocks me the way they describe how he said it was like almost like it was on like a railroad track. Like, you know, like when you're doing a movie scene. I loved that description. Yeah, Finally, somebody explained it to really understand it. Right, you're really doing a movie scene, it's almost like they float. It feels like they float, where it's just, it, it's on a track, you know? Really strange, and, and, and they move so quickly, uh, way faster than we can even anticipate, which means they're great hunters. Um, if, if, if they're too fast for us, they're too fast for all the animals out there, too. I mean, you've seen how fast a deer just darts back and forth and jumps over massive fences and things like that. If a deer is one of their main food sources and they don't have a gun, 
then they got to be beast mode, and they are. It's crazy to see it, but... All right, well, that's about what we wanted to cover on this part one. Bigfoot is such a big topic that we have so much to cover. Probably have, you know, 10 episodes in front of us when it comes to Bigfoot. So, you know, stay tuned. We definitely have a lot more to cover on this, but definitely a lot more eyewitness accounts we're going to read. Uh, we're definitely going to cover some more of the, uh, the bigger topics like Patty Gimlin, Ape Canyon, all the different ones that are just really, really prevalent. But, uh... You know, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Definitely there's some, some interesting stuff in here, and we hope that maybe you learned a few things. And if you have some stuff to, to share with us, we'd love to hear it. Please share it with supernaturalstation5 at gmail.com, including your stories. If you have stories of Bigfoot, we'd love to hear those stories. You know what's kind of cool, you guys, is like there, this subject is big. The reason it's big is because look at all the stuff we just described about Bigfoot. And eyewitness accounts, stuff that I've heard, stuff that we've we've gathered so much information, right? And even somebody like Les Stroud that's been involved in this, you know, he does the show I love called Les Stroud. Is it Survivor Man? Survivor Man, yeah. So he does this show and he's been out in the wilderness doing all kinds of stuff for such a long time. He's ne- and he hasn't dealt with Bigfoot too much, and then all of a sudden he did. Yeah. And now he believes it because he he's seen it. He had his own experiences, and you know what's cool about him too is uh, I'm glad you brought him up. He's been doing. Um, survival rescue stuff like people that are missing he's trying to find them now he's doing I love that, that now that's which awesome. is super cool that's yeah. a huge step up oh, from yeah. what he was doing already yeah um i loved watching him and that's the cool thing is like somebody like him right he trusts the science so much that somebody like him believing in it and then going to meet with jeff meldrum in um idaho that's a professor that really delves into the physics of their body and things like that yeah he's just, about the locomotion the movement of the feet you know he's a feet guy so he's really studying the prints and so stuff. at this point it's not Guys, I mean, you can take what you want from this, but it's not like Slender Man or something where it's just like a story, right? It's not just a scary story, Bella. No, there's it's, so much evidence. It's so big, and it's like literally you can ask a neighbor. Like literally just look at your next person next to you, and they might have a story because it's it's so prevalent. It happens often. you know. So that's why we're going to yeah. cover more of this story as we keep going. It's our favorite subject because it seems so legit. It is legit. I saw one. I'll tell you that story in the next episode again. Yeah. But it's it's just one of those things, right? So you know, we might quote our friends from Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, another great podcast you should listen to. W J W J Sheehan and his brother K J. Uh, definitely listen to their podcast. They have a great podcast, and uh, they talk about Bigfoot, Bigfoot primarily. And there's a lot of really great information that comes out of their podcast. But I will quote them in saying that you should always carry more gun than you think you you're going to need if you go into the woods. Exactly. Because you don't know what these things are going to do or what they're capable of, and it's just good to be protected. And we have that right here. And if you look at almost all the podcasters, the big prevalent podcasters, and I'll throw Paranormal Portal in there, Brent. I'll throw everybody, Jim Harold, different people. Yeah. They all talk about Bigfoot as if it's real at this point. Everything else is like, okay, there's a little speculation, there's a little this and that, but it almost seems like, you know, Bigfoot's real. It's- I'm glad you brought that up because there was a, I think it was Portland or maybe it was um, Oregon or Washington, there was a um, National Forest Database brochure that was official Ooh, from this. the government. Do you love remember this? this? Official- there's pictures you can find somewhere yeah. online. It's official from the government, and basically it was a government brochure It was a military was produced. And military. There was a military map to show the to wildlife. To talk about the wildlife that exists, and Bigfoot was listed on there. They had deer, elk, cougar, bear, uh, raccoon, badger, all the things you'd imagine. Yeah. And at the very bottom, there was Bigfoot. And it was under the predator section. It was like, yeah. you may run into the bear, you may run into the cougar, you may run into the badger, or the wolverine, or the Sasquatch. and you may run into the Sasquatch. So they put that on their government brochure, you guys. So you think that Makes we're being wonder. played? We're definitely being played. Yep. And military know it, too. But, you know, our ultimate goal on this podcast was to get some information out there that maybe you haven't heard, to pique your interest, to pique your mind, to get your wheels rolling. And then also, you know, just to kind of um, help spread awareness to this this topic. You know, we, we want to hear stories. And if you have a story, please share it with us. But overall, you know, this subject is so big that there's so much to cover. Uh, we've got several episodes coming on this topic because it's just too big. Well, even if you save a life, like one person going out into the Rocky Mountains and as an example, right? You go to Colorado or something like that. You're hiking a train you've never been to before. You run into a Bigfoot. If somebody listened to this podcast and they said, okay, don't show your teeth, that's one good sign. Exactly. Walk the other way. You know, don't do not do the things you do with a cougar or something like that. It's not going to work. It's not the same thing. Right. You know? Right. I'm glad you brought that up. I hope that we could help in some way because if you run into these things, you know, they're they're unpredictable. So uh, we hope we could help with that. And, um, you know, overall, we're thankful for you listening. And uh, listenership is, is what keeps us going and what helps us improve the show. So thank you so much for being here, uh, Jaron. Share it with your families, you guys. Share this podcast. We, we really want to get more 
stories. Um, eventually, we want to get some live interviews with people, um, have some awesome conversations. We have some people lined up already, but we yep. definitely want to. We have a lot more coming, you guys, and yep. we, we ain't stopping. This is one of those things we really enjoy doing. And Friday night, what are we, what should we be doing? Oh, let's go to a bar. Let's go have some drinks. Let's go. I'm a single guy. I could be hooking up with a cute girl right now. But you know what I'm doing? Let's do a podcast. I'm doing a podcast because I yeah. love this stuff, you guys. Uh, just really cool stuff. We're going to throw you guys for a loop, do different things, and, and just get your mind racing. Thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate your listenership. Definitely stay tuned for the next episode of Supernatural Station. Remember to have your boarding pass for the next train. And que tenga buen día. Hasta noche. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.